0: If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything that you need all in one place. Let me tell you about it. Anchor has all the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, it can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, it is totally free. So, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. There's that. So, as always, guys, thank you for tuning in to another podcast slash live stream as always, and was sometimes as of late, I'm joined by my good buddy Mr. Benjamin Nowak over here. Um, For you guys listening on audio version ben is eating gummy bears out of a bag right now with his sound off and it has this stupid look on his face but also for you guys that are listening to audio version this is a podcast or a live stream that i do on my youtube channel every friday night at nine o'clock eastern time so if you want to come over join in there is a live chat over here on the side you can join in on the conversation ask questions do stuff like that and just have a good time i think it's pretty unique that we do it that way because there's a lot of podcasts out there but not a lot of podcasts with like live interaction so I think it adds something cool because you get to be part of the conversation. Also, for you guys, everybody, both here on YouTube and on the podcast version of this bad boy, as always, is sponsored by the good old people over at Monster Bass. For you guys that don't know what Monster Bass is, it's a subscription-based company. Once a month, we're going to send a box full of tackle straight to your front door. This month's really cool because it's a takeover box. Strike King took over the hard bait side of things, and BioBait took over the soft bait side of things, and so. You get some really cool Strike King lures and some really cool bio bait lures. And I'm actually going to be doing a video on three of the hard baits that came in this month's box that'll go up on the Monster Bass channel. So you guys can go check it out. I'm going to talk about cranking and how you're going to get three different crankbaits that are all used for very different applications and how you can use all those different crankbaits. But it's an awesome company for a couple reasons. Number one, we are handpicking the baits that come in your box. And number two, we're handpicking those baits for the region of the country that you live in as well as the time of year that you're fishing. So what that means is you're gonna get the baits that you need, the tools that you need for when and where you are fishing. So if that sounds like something that interests you, go down below, I'll have a link, hit that link and then use the code SAVE15, that's S-A-V-E 15 to get you $15 off your first box. And you can check out the Monster Bass box. And one thing, before I go any further, it is a subscription, a subscription. I see a lot of emails that come into customer service that people don't understand what the word subscription means. So that means if you sign up for it, it's going to charge your card every month and we're going to send you a box every month. You don't pay for it once and then you get the rest of the boxes for free. It means it goes over and over. It's kind of like a prescription where you go pick it up every month so you can take your medicine or like a subscription to a magazine. If you're old enough to remember that, or like when you, Subscribe to something on your phone. Just, just thought I'd put that out there. But yeah, I so have a
1: question for you. Give me a yes, little sneak peek of this uh, upcoming box.
0: A little sneak peek of the upcoming box. I would love to, but I don't have the box.
1: Yeah, but you know, do you know any of the baits? Well, yeah,
0: yeah. You want to know some of
1: them? Yeah, I don't know any of the baits this month. I
0: all right. So we're getting a flat side KVD crankbait. bait. We're getting a three XD um some people will be getting a sugar buzz other people will be getting the comeback jig which is the jig that jordan lee won the classic on we got the bio bait stick bait we got the bio bait fluke their fluke i'm not sure i think it's called like the snatch back or snatch hatch or something like that the snatch getter um duck snatch um but it's something like that and i'm trying to remember the other strike king but i was texting uh my, my boy Burley about it earlier so i know i typed them all in on that message so i'll tell you guys um yeah so sugar buzz red eye flat side comeback jig and the 3xd for the strike king side of things and then the bio side of things we got a couple soft plastics so i'm looking forward to it dude i mean the strike king stuff i don't care what anybody says strike king's good crap and so it's uh it's good stuff
1: yeah, normally I do help, but this month I was a little bit out of it for the past couple of weeks. So
0: that's all right. That's all right. So, um, question over here. Mr. Jonathan wants to know if he starts his subscription this week, will he get this month's box? Um, Bethany's watching this, so answer that question because I'm not exactly sure. Bethany, my wife, if you didn't know, works for customer service. So watch your tone when you email in. Catch that. I'm telling you, some of you guys need to watch yourselves. I'm not saying it's anybody in this live stream, but some people just catch an attitude Just catch an attitude. But anyway, Mr. Benjamin, how are you, my friend?
1: I am great, dude. OK, I that's enough.
0: Know, that's useless talking. OK, let's keep. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, that was was common. Say, oh there's oh. a
1: great question that came in about the tactical DD. I know you got one because you talked about it in your uh, little tackle organizing video. Have you Mm -hmm. thrown it at all? I know you've only been out like what once, but.
0: Yeah, I've only been out once and no, I didn't throw it. Um, I was throwing a jerk bait and caught some fish. And so, no, I didn't throw it. But Ben, I'm sorry. I was just acting like a deuce that commented on my video um, earlier and said that we do too much useless talking on this thing. But how are you? Because I'm going to check on my friend on a live stream and see how he's doing. So how are you?
1: I'm good, man. I'm ice fishing in the morning. So as terrible as that sounds, it's going to get me out of the house. So I'm excited.
0: Yeah, you just said you ordered a new auger. Tell me about your awesome new auger that you got. Yeah,
1: lithium ion auger. So it's super, super light. It's quiet. It's fast. And I don't have to, like, dude, the problem is with a gas auger, you have to pull that thing. You get it started. It's like a weed whacker that sucks, right? Like, mm-hmm. never starts the first pull.
0: And it's cold anyway. It's so that cold. just makes it suck and worse.
1: So you got a lot of warm. Oh, man, miserable. This is lithium- and they're two stroke, right? So you got to mix yeah. the oil and the gas. Right, exactly, but they do make four stroke, but that's just a pain in the butt. So yeah, yeah, cool, I'm super. I'm, I'm actually really excited. I act like a fool, but I'm really excited to go.
0: Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. So you like perch or panfish yeah. or bass? Panfish, and...
1: bluegill, perch, crappie. And this is the only time of year I take fish home. So yeah, like I'll put them in a bucket. I'll take them home. I'll fillet them up and either freeze them, vacuum seal them, or I'll just eat them.
0: Yeah, that's weird. Remember
1: it can do. when we had that walleye with Gene? So, it was good, so dude. good dude. God, it
0: was, they were full of worms though man.
1: Yeah, that was disgusting. But not were... in their
0: meat, the, just their stomachs. There was yeah. like a tapeworm in their stomach. It wasn't in their meat. See, that was something I experienced when I went deep sea fishing. Um when we got back that evening, my leg was broke and I was hobbling around the hobbling around the dock, but I caught an amberjack, a keeper amberjack, and they laid the knife to it and when it, he laid that amberjack open, dude there was like pockets. In its meat, like in its side, that were, I'm talking four or five inches long, two, three inches deep, that were completely filled with worms. And so he literally laid one side open, said, Nope, threw it out, laid the other side open, Nope, threw it out. And like he was like, Check this out. And he like was digging around in there and just showing me where these worms eat through these amberjack. And it's like the worst in the amberjack more than any other fish, dude. It was That's disgusting. Gross. Yeah, That's it was not disgusting.
1: Good. So, yeah, Chris, I am from Michigan. So I live in Michigan. I get ice from now until basically April, and then I'll be open water again. There
0: you go. There you go. When does so? When does ice like really April ish? I, I, I was
1: fishing in March last year, like middle end of March. Yeah, but most times it's like middle end of April. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's it's a couple months of ice.
0: But you so you guys have enough. So I know Burley. Uh, to bring him up again, he posted on his Instagram that they didn't have enough ice. I'm guessing you're just far enough north or northern or that you've got more ice than he does.
1: Yeah. We're just starting to get it pretty good. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Our first trip was March 21st last year.
0: Really? Yep. Okay. Blade bait?
1: No. We fish a hot water discharge. I don't make a video on it because it's like as big as this room and you just go catch as many as you want, like 20 pounds.
0: Well, I may just have to try to find a, a week and come up here and do that <laughs> with you. That would be pretty fun. I know. Uh, oh, talking, say, about,
1: so. talking about insane fishing, mm-hmm. Check right now. Mr. Caleb Dude, Bell.
0: Caleb got on him. Um, he freaking smacked him. I don't really want to talk about how he did it because I wanted yeah. him to show you the video. You know what I
1: mean? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to say, man. I was talking to him on the phone today and I was like smack That's him. how big like he was telling me a story and it's insane.
0: So he he dang near caught 40 pounds of fish. Um he almost, he said he could have caught 50. He could have caught 50. Like he literally could have caught 50. Dang near caught 40, shook off the biggest one that would have dang near pushed him over 50. Um I mean just Dude, in absolutely freaking <laughs> insane. I don't want to talk about it too much because I, I don't want to ruin his video for him. Yeah. But make sure you're subscribed to our good buddy Mr. Caleb Bell's channel. Dude, just crazy, insane fish catches and just nuttiness. Yeah. He caught one over 11, so he broke his PB. He caught an 11 a pounder. So that's okay. so stupid. It is stupid, dude. It is, and stupid. that
1: water's cold already, right? That water's cold. You guys are basically winter fishing right now. Mm-hmm. Yep,
0: dude. It's been cold, and that's kind of what I want to talk about, right? So, like, <sighs> dude, it's been—I wouldn't say unseasonably cold. I would say it's been—it's been normally cold, right? We've had some very unseasonable weather the past couple winters, where it's either extremely unseasonably cold or it's unseasonably warm, and this year. You know, we're actually having a pretty normal winter. Lot, a lot of rainfall. We actually broke our rainfall record for 2020, and we're well on our way of getting that direction again as far as rainfall. I mean, it seems like every other day it's raining or snowing or doing something. But temperatures right now, we're reaching the mid 30s, um, bottoming out in the low 20s to high teens. Um, every single night. And so a lot of these water temperatures around here, I'm seeing consistently, you know, 45 to 50 degrees, you know, and and on a good warm streak we'll hit 52, which for our fish is that's cold. I mean, like it doesn't normally get that cold. And so I'm having to kind of break out some of those colder water techniques that I wouldn't normally break out to get some of these fish to bite. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about tonight is like, you know, what do you look for from literally, you know, the time you roll off into those 40s to the point that it freezes and kind of some of the techniques that you focus on to catch fish? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And I don't think it differs that much from you, really. Like what you do right now is pretty similar to what we do up here in the north, but it's just our time frame is way different, right? Like, mm-hmm. What I'm doing in November is what you're doing right now because your water is finally getting into that low 50s, upper 40 degree range, where mm-hmm. that's basically when one of our best bites ever is.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and for me, the biggest bait that I throw when that water hits that low 50 or 40 degree range is a blade bait. Right? Yeah. And I know like a blade bait was born down by you. Like a blade bait was born on Norris and born on Dale Hollow and born mm-hmm. on Cherokee. So that's something you guys can throw too, especially on those rocky reservoirs. That's where it works the best Mm -hmm. because you can fish those ledges or like you guys have those shelves where it's not really like, uh, I don't know how to explain it. If it's shale shale rock or limestone, but you guys basically have shell drop. or shale drops.
0: You know what I mean? Like, like, it just depends. Like there's some of it's limestone, some of it's shale, some of it's slate. I mean, it all just depends. And that can be a huge factor we'll talk about here in a minute on, bottom composition and finding fish but go ahead yeah
1: and one of the big things that you guys do or i would do if i were down there and i do up here is look for those flat areas where you'd normally maybe throw a flat-sided crankbait when fish don't want to bite and just basically fish that blade bait and try and get those fish to react to something a little bit more slow moving on the bottom so a blade bait a flat-sided crankbait or a deep diving jerkbait or like a small swim bait, like a three and a half inch paddle tail swim bait, yeah. flat sided, KaiTech Easy Shiner style on a ball head. Yeah. Like, yeah, those are my favorite baits for cold weather.
0: Yeah, and I and I can't agree more. And I think one thing that that a lot of people kind of think is, oh, it's got cold, I got to pick up a jig and drag a jig. But you don't absolutely have to do that. Now, there's situations where like that's going to be killer. You look at lakes like you know. Del Hollow, right? I mean, it's got a freaking massive amount of crawfish in it, and so those fish are hyper keyed in on crawfish, and so the jig bite is exceptional there. The Ned rig bite is exceptional there, but then you look at some of these lakes, especially these Tennessee river system lakes, the shad dominate, and so you can pick things up like a lipless and a jerk bait and a flat side and just have more success because that's more what those fish are keyed in on. Yeah, and I do you- the same thing.
1: With like an underspin or like some of those bottom moving baits that doesn't need to be, you know, a jig dragged along as slow as you humanly possibly can.
0: Exactly, exactly. And so that's for me, that's what I focus on. I focus on a reaction bot. Right? Flat side crankbait for me, sub fifty degree water is probably the single most effective tool. That the way that flat side, the water, the way it displaces water, the way it wobbles, the way it deflects, just everything about a flat side crankbait screams cold water for me. And it also screams pressured water for me. And so I always pick up a flat side and go to work. And that's kind of like a thing down here in Tennessee. I mean, you look at a lot of these guys that make their own crankbaits, you know, they're carving them out of boss of wood and stuff like that, man, they're making these flat sided medium range diving crankbaits and just absolutely slaughter fish on them. And there's a lot of dudes around here that are still doing that, that have made a lot of money doing that, that have made famous things doing. I mean, look at Ott. You know, Ott's his new flat-sided crankbait. Essentially, is just a play off the designs of the guys who came before him and then his tweaks to it to the flat-side crankbait world. And it's just because it is such a tool for us down here. You know, very rocky reservoirs and stuff like that. But then you got a guy like Ben who would come down here and pick up that blade bait. And see, and that's just something I don't do a whole time because it's not a confidence tool for me, but you're correct. It was born down here. And like before Domeki rig was huge and before, you know, dropping on these fish vertically was huge. These dudes were out here buzzing at that, that bladed jig off the bottom and just barely moving that thing and catching giant smallmouth, giant largemouth on a lot of these highland reservoirs. And so I think a lot of people, you know, don't be discouraged when the water's sub 50 degrees you can still go out there. You're just going to have to adjust a little bit. You know what I mean? It may be throwing a flat side versus a square bill. It may be, you know, throwing the blade bait versus the spinner bait. What are, you know, those, make those adjustments to,
1: to realize that those fish are going to be a little more pressured, a little more lethargic. So I got a really interesting question for you because I talked to Caleb about it today. Yeah. How much is forward facing sonar impacting your ability to catch fish or changing the way that guys are catching fish in this really, really cold water? Right. Like Caleb was said, if he could have seen those fish, if he could have been looking at them on, you know, I'm just going to use live scope because that's what you said. If I could have looked at them on live scope or panoptics, I maybe could have caught those fish a, a different way than what I was doing. Right. And how is it changing it? Guys are catching giant bags. Like I know a guy in Oklahoma just caught a 50 pound bag. Um, looking at him with live scope, Johnny Schultz fish the moment. Like him and I were going back and forth the other day. I sent you that text conversation. Dude caught a mega bag on live scope. Like, is it changing for you guys too? Like, is it changing the way you guys approach these fish that you maybe normally would drop on? Like, what is it doing?
0: I mean, dude, I think what it's doing is it's tapping into that that. So for a long time, and I, I said, there's two types of fish. There's a type of fish that sit on the bank, and there's a type of fish that move. Up and down in the column and they move and they transition. I'm gonna add that there's a third type of fish. Those fish that just live out in the middle of nothing and they just swim around all the time and they suspend off of things, and they those fish that are nearly freaking impossible to catch. And I think all live scope and live target and active target, and all these different targets that, that are that are coming out, you know, this forward-facing sonar, right? This live forward-facing sonar. I think all that that's doing is it is helping anglers to tap into number one, where those fish live. And then over time, how to catch those fish. And so like Chickamauga is more and more, the the more you get into it and the more you fish it, you start to realize that the true giants are so conditioned now to everything that's thrown at them, that a lot of them are living out in the middle of nothing. And they're just, As those gizzard shad swim through, they take the chance, they eat them, and then they suspend, you know, 20 feet over 50, and they just live there their whole entire life. And so, I'll be honest, that's why I'm putting what I'm going to put on my boat. I mean, that's why the project that I'm about to film and do when I get all those pieces here and everything comes in stock, I'm about to do it because I think that that is going to be such a huge tool for me in my fishing life going forward that... It's just changed the game, dude. I mean, you're going to see bags caught and fish caught with people who have that technology you never see before.
1: That's like Patrick Walters when he won down on what, Lake Fork or, or somewhere at the end of the year on a jerk Bay, fishing it around standing timber because he could Not see it
0: dominate.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Like just stupid, stupid, stupid one. Yeah. Um, but no, I agree, man. It's It's helping people catch fish that they never would have caught prior. And that's whether you're using it more as like a novice angler, like how I used to use it, where I'm just looking for the rock that I need to throw to, or you're really dialing it in and understanding how to catch fish that are suspended and watching them react to your bait and come up and, Oh, well, I'm not fishing the right color because that fish turned off of it. Like Mm -hmm. really dialing in things that you never, ever would have been able to understand.
0: Yeah. And then two, I think just hitting fish that don't see a lot of lures. Like Mm -hmm. when you hit a fish that never sees a lure with a lure, they're just going to eat it. You know what I mean?
1: Or, and we'll, or figure out how to adjust to catch that fish because you can physically see exactly what he's doing.
0: Exactly. Ooh, see, now here, this is a good wife. That's a Black Forest gummy, my friends.
1: Okay.
0: They're organic. I don't know what that means. I don't know how you make a freaking... Uh, organic make gummy. A, uh,
1: gummy bear, but here's three pounds of Meyer gummy gum right here.
0: Meyer... Meyer, it's like Walmart for you guys that don't know. It's like it's like Yankee Walmart. Yeah. So I tell you something else, and my dad actually brought this up over here in the comment section. No rattles. Rattleless baits. Falsa. Things that are solid. Don't have a lot of rattles in them. Always seem to catch more fish, especially in colder water and especially in the spring. And that's why this new Monster Bass crankbait that I've got coming out, you know, the original Hammerhead had a rattle in it. The first thing I told Rick as soon as I got the hammerhead, I said, you know, when we go to make this bait, when they go to make my bait, I said, I want no rattles in it. And he said, why? I was like, you know, really, I don't know why. I was like, it just works. Like, it just, the subtlety of it, the non-intrusiveness of it, the letting the crankbait's water displacement do the work seems to get those bigger than average fish that are more lock jawed and more lethargic in the winter time to eat
1: or having a different sound, right? Like that's a big player. Yeah. Every, I hate to say this, but 90% of those 1.5 size crankbaits on the market, they all sound and look virtually identical. Yep. So if you change it and you add no rattles or you add a higher pitch rattle because you had tungsten balls or you add a one knocker, like having some sort of different vibration, whether they're to look at that or they get keyed in on it because it's a little bit different, a little bit more unique, can make a huge difference. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And but I think... I'm going to well, grab a water bottle real quick. So no, you're me. not. You're going to sit right there.
0: <sighs> Give me that damn attitude. But, yeah, so we kind of play off what Ben said there. Something different, right? And I, I think that... One thing that we did with this crankbait that I got for Monster Bass coming out is is what we did is we took that hammerhead crankbait, and I made it slightly bigger, slightly wider, tapered it just a little bit differently, just to be just a little bit different, right? Just to displace that water a little bit different, to deflect just a little bit different. Now, is it something totally freaking original to the 1.5 crankbait size world? No, absolutely not. But it's definitely something where I made some just slight adjustments, some key adjustments, things with the hooks, the way the hooks are placed, just little bitty things to make it something different. Another thing I did was colors. These colors that I've got coming out in this crankbait are colors that have not been used in a long time, some of them. Obviously, I've got the 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 good ones, Rayburn Red. I got my version of Rayburn Red. Some slight adjustments that I do to it, even to my own crankbaits in Rayburn Red. I got a couple crawl patterns though coming out that these fish may have not seen in twenty years because some of these colors haven't been used in twenty years. They're these colors that, excuse me again, they're these colors that I've got in my box that I consider my sneaky colors. And so I think not only having something that sounds different, but then looks different too, I think can be absolutely enormous. And Ben, you kind of you can kind of play off that with your whole bladed jig thing because you adjust your bladed jigs and do some just not huge things, but little things to them that you feel like gets more bites,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean I do that with a bunch of different styles of baits too. Yeah, it's just doing different things, making your bait maybe a little bit different than everyone else, or. Um, presenting a bait in a way that people don't really present a bait normally that's Mm -hmm. something that i think caleb is really really good at not necessarily with with what he's doing right now but he was telling me one time where he had a fluke on a floating fly Mm -hmm. and that's how he was catching fish because no one does it like doing unique things that catches fish that other people aren't doing i think that's a really really big deal
0: yeah Uh, yeah i agree and i mean I think one of the coolest things I ever seen you did was the drop shot with the marabou on it, like where you put the piece of that. That just interested me, right? And I think like little things, man. I don't. I mean, you know, we could go down the rabbit hole here, but it's interesting, interesting to say the least. But yeah, I, I, the whole cold water fishing thing to me is definitely going to play huge this year. I'm actually going to go Sunday. Um, and to answer this question, it's going to be a kind of caveat or a transition. Everybody's wanting to know about the leg. The leg is actually really, really good. Uh, Went to the doctor yesterday. Doctor basically told me, get out of the boot. It's hurting you more than it's helping you. Um, I've got some pain in a tendon. So I have a tendon that runs and connects uh, to my foot that runs over my ankle. Well, normally that tendon is free moving, right? Well, what happened was that that tendon actually grew down onto my bone as my bone was growing together so essentially what i have to do is i've just got to like power through the pain and and do the pt and adjust it and move it and bend it and walk on it to get that muscle to actually separate it's essentially just like having a i mean imagine you go work you've not worked out in six years and you go try to bench press 225 it's just gonna it's just gonna hurt like you're just gonna hurt yourself because it's not working well essentially, that's what my leg is. I've just gotta get it working and walk and do my thing to get it ready to go so I got the old ankle brace on I gotta wear this thing for a couple of weeks, but he said just wear it until I don't feel like I need it anymore and then start wearing shoes, and I should be good to go He said the bone is healed impeccably well. he says one of the he said he's never seen a bone in his whole entire career that's healed as fast and as well as mine has, which is super encouraging so.
1: Alex is basically a super athlete.
0: Hey, you know, I, I'm fighting in the UFC next week with my. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad I'm getting there. We'll uh, we'll get all healed up. It'll be fine. So, but yeah, so I go fishing Sunday. I'm going to go fishing Sunday. See, we're I don't
1: know. far away.
0: No, I think we're going to go around here because um, we're probably going to take Dad's boat. May take my boat. I don't know. We'll see how I feel, but um, driving's weird. I never thought driving would be weird, but like I can't gauge how much pressure I'm putting on the brake and on the gas. And I about damn near ran into my garage door the other day. Um <laughs> but um I didn't so, want to do a
1: drive with a bro- broken right foot.
0: Yeah, well it's not broken anymore. It's just a muscle. Um but, no, we're going to try to figure it out. And, and it, I kind of got to choose where I go fishing based on what the weather conditions are going to look like, right? Like, I want to go to Norris, but Norris is one of those lakes it has got to just be the crappiest day possible. That's the day you need to go there. I kind of want to go to Cherokee, but I don't really want to after all those kayak dudes are there and all those dudes are just beating around doing whatever they're going to do. And so, I don't know. I am going to play it by ear. I want to try to kind of figure out where I want to go and figure out kind of what I want to do. Because it's all dependent. I I know one thing for certain. I'm going to a Rocky Highland Reservoir because that's just the deal this time of year. You know what I mean? It's just the deal. You can go to the Tennessee River. It's just going to be tough.
1: Yeah. Hey, Steve Bogan asked a question. Do you think guys are throwing bladed jigs on an A-Rig? I'm going to say more than likely not. And this is why I say this. I could be wrong. There might be guys doing that, but instead of throwing bladed jigs on an A-Rig, I think a lot of guys are throwing A-Rigs with blades on them. If you get all those blades going 48 different directions, you're probably going to get a lot of um, rolling. rolling and turning, and baits are going to kind of catch funny, and they're not going to swim at all. You could try it. I'm just going to say more than likely guys are not using bladed jigs. They're just using rigs with blades on them.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I would feel like that a wire in front of a bladed jig would not make that blade do its thing or just throw that blade.
1: Well, to the point that the difference between throwing a bladed jig on 17 or 20 pound test line versus 15 or 12 is insane. I promise you, my buddy Dirt showed me this like four years ago. Go out and throw a bladed jig on like 15 pound test and go throw it on 20 pound test. It's see, how that blade acts, see how fast it starts. See how fast it stops. It's, it's an entirely different experience or it's an entirely different um, way to throw that <clears throat> just between like 15 and 20 pound test because of the line diameter size.
0: Yeah. I've dropped down my pound test on bladed jigs as time's going on. Cause you can get away with 15 and 15 to me. I mean, dude, I mean, it is literally like as soon as you engage that reel, thing goes, brrrt, especially with a jackhammer. And see, like, uh, that video of mine that I did, Jackhammer versus creek it's been getting a lot of attention lately, so I've just been seeing a lot of comments from it. You know, people that are irate just to be irate. Um, but, like, especially with the jackhammer with 15-pound test, dude, there is nothing. I, I, absolutely nothing that activates faster than that. It is insanity. Like it's, yeah, it's as it's soon as you that, engage it.
1: It's how thin that blade is and that cup angle. It's just um, a very unique. It's very unique how quickly that blade goes. And there are times where I think the jackhammer definitely outfishes other chatter baits But yeah. if you're fishing a bait like a vibrating jig down on the bottom, there's other baits that work pretty much um, almost equally. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and. Now, one thing I do want to talk about, because this is something I'm going to do this weekend, is let's talk about, so we talk about the power of fishing side of cold water. Let's talk about the finesse fishing side, because obviously there's a time and a place for finesse fishing, right? You know, And I really feel like when I'm around a lot of crawdads, and this is especially, I've learned this up near your house, when you're around a lot of crawdads, there's just certain lakes that you go to that they're going to eat a tube or a Ned rig or something in that crawl profile size that over anything, just because they're so freaking wired in on crawfish. You know what I
1: mean? And it depends on the day too, but they're so keyed on crawfish that you could throw a bait fish imitation and get beat five to one.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. So for me, I'm experimenting this weekend. Um, I got some new Ned Rig baits. So what I did... And I ain't gonna keep this a secret because I really don't care. Um, I went out and bought some saltwater trout fish like speckled trout fishing baits.
1: Oh yeah, you had mentioned this in text message. Like, what
0: dude they, they look good. They look good. They're a four inch Z Man, it's a Z Man bait. It's supposed to look like a shrimp, and it looks like a molted crawfish if I've ever seen one. Like it looks like a crawfish that's just lost its claws. And I'm gonna fish them on a little Ned head. And just see what happens to it. I'm gonna, and I'm tr- and I'm gonna start experimenting with like Texas rig Ned heads. Um, because I I feel like it's just way too rocky here. I think that's why I lose a lot of Ned rigs and get pissed off at them is because I lose and they get hooked in the rock. So I'm gonna try one like a Texas I've, rig.
1: One thing that I found, as much as you're gonna hate me for saying this, because I would always throw a quarter ounce. I had to drop down in weight size because what was happening was a head <clears throat> was so heavy, yeah. I would lose so many. So I dropped down to like a three sixteenths or even an eighth. Dude, you get more bites, but it also doesn't like bury as much. Everything.
0: Yeah, see, that's I'm going to start using three sixteenths. I mean, dude, for years I threw a three sixteenths ounce shaky head and i thought well why am i not throwing a 316th ounce net head? i mean if i want to fish a four inch bait on a texas rig net head, like yeah you're, throw a so much,
1: yeah you're gonna have so much contact with sixteenths. like yeah yeah that's so I'm really realize. like you don't get any better feel with a quarter than you do even like an eighth because the bait is so small and you're fishing smaller line size like you have so much feel
0: yeah yeah, so I'm excited. I'm gonna try I'm gonna see what that's all about. See if I can get some bites on it. I think that's gonna kinda depend on what where we go to. I, I kinda got an idea. I know where I can go catch a bunch on a Ned rig, just to get a little bit more confidence in it. You know what I mean? Cause when I'm up there fishing beds with you with a Ned rig, it's a whole different ball game than fishing yeah, a ledge different. with a Ned Rig. A lot yeah. Yeah, so I got to get some more confidence in the net rig cuz I know it puts fish in the boat. So,
1: um, talking about jigs, do you have any codes for Beast Coast? Um, I know.
0: No, me and Derek, we've discussed this before. We don't do codes for Beast Coast just cuz his margins are so small already on the products that if we do run like a constant code, we just use, lose money on stuff. Um so we just run this this like when we do the like uh, sales and all that crap like a uh, 4th of July or black Friday or whatever, but got some cool crap coming out from beast coast real, real soon. And I'm super excited about it. One project that I was working on, we had to scrap, um, cause of the COVID. Like we just had to do it. Like it was not happening. Um, the price of the stuff that we needed trying to get the stuff done that we needed to get done. It was just like literally going to cost so much that it wasn't even worth doing it. And so we kind of scrapped-
1: talked about last year. You were telling me about last year.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so that project got scrapped, which is fine. I mean, I get it. Like, it's a good bit. I told I told Derek, you know, when we were talking about it, I said, "Man, listen, I would rather wait and be able to make the product than we want than to try to rush it and spend too much freaking money and not make something that we don't like." But a couple a uh, couple new jigs coming out um, that are super awesome, super exciting. Travis Manson has actually got a jig coming out. Um smallmouth crush, if you guys know who he is. Derek was actually on their show last night talking about the new jig. Um, and then we got another jig coming out that I'm gonna do a signature color in that I'm super excited about. So it's gonna be good stuff, man. We got some cool stuff coming from Beast Coast. That's the Beast right. Coast.
1: Do smallmouth go after Wacky Worm. First of all, thank you, a chipmunk, for uh, the two dollar super chat.
0: I love that guy's username. I love
1: it. I love his username. But do smallmouth go after Wacky Rig's Yes. I don't throw it just because I don't really wacky rig at all. But like Alex caught a bunch on a wacky rig up here, um, and I know they they eat wacky rigs. I just don't throw it a lot, especially in yeah. inland bodies of water. Right, like inland bodies of water they do. I don't throw it on the Great Lakes ever.
0: You know, I threw it when we were out there bed fishing to see if I could get them fish because we were trying to figure out how to catch them. Because I thought, well, I want something suspended in their face, and I sank that wacky rig on like six or seven of them's beds, and they were like. I like literally did not give a shit yeah. about that bait at all.
1: What, is, what, what is this? Yeah.
0: yeah, that was the weirdest thing, dude. I mean, like you would think, okay, they want it hung in their face, throw a drop shot. Nope, they were too focused on the weight in their bed. Throw the wacky rig in there, and they're just like, nah, don't care about that either. Like it was just such a I don't know, that's such a weird bite. Um, how soon on the jigs? Uh, like tsh, April, May, I think. Maybe earlier than that. I'm not sure. I'd have to ask Derek again or go back and look at our text messages, but not super soon, but not super far away either. So it'll be here. And when it's here, you'll know it. We'll get all kinds of stuff planned. So um let's see, Daniel Wood said, I don't think depth more so than clarity and current uh, I'm, I i can not you have to type in type in English, but um Type the type the comment again and, and I will reread it. I have a t- you know one thing about freaking um autocorrect sucks. Let me tell you why autocorrect sucks. Cause it always turns freaking swim baits into swimsuits. So I cannot tell you how many times that I have I have been topping typing somebody a comment and been like swim, swim bait and it's like f- f- you know, swim banana swimsuit. Like what the yeah. heck's a banana swimsuit? Oh, he's answering the chipmunk guy.
1: Oh.
0: I even see his comment. I saw a super chat. Thank you again for two more dollars. I feel like a stripper. Um, What depth does Smallmouth like in the summer and the winter? So, Ben, this is going to be completely different for you than it is for me. So you go first about northern Great Lakes Smallmouth.
1: Yeah, the biggest thing, dude, is really it depends on the style of body water you're fishing, and I hate to say that because it's hard. But if you're fishing a shallow river, they could be in two foot of water all year, you know, behind current breaks or behind current seams or um, there's these things that happen in a river system, like a a fast flowing river where you will get like current eddies, like the bottom composition will literally make waves and they'll get in those waves. But if you're on the Great Lakes and most of the Great Lake is 20 foot of water, like they could be in 20 foot or they could be in five foot depending on the kind of structure or cover. So it really just depends. Like a lot of times I'm looking anywhere from 15 to 20 foot of water in the late fall and winter and in the early spring.
0: So, yeah, I'm going to agree with everything Ben just said. If, if you're in a river, um, which is what I focus on in the summer, if I want to go catch a smallmouth, I tell you like summer smallmouth fishing for me is almost non-existent, um, a lot of those main lake smallmouths, they go get 25 foot of water and just live there until it gets cold again. And I really believe a lot of those smallmouths, I don't believe they transition shallow as the water, you know, as it gets colder. I think the water just goes down to where they actually live at during the winter and they just stay there. You know what I mean? And they live shallow because that's where the water came down to them at. But summer I'm going to focus like in the rivers and stuff. So, I don't know, I'd like two, three foot of water sometimes. I mean, you know, they're going to be super shallow up next to current breaks up next to things like that. And then summertime, if you really want to focus on smallmouth down here, you got to go find them deep, 25, 30 foot of water. Um, And usually they're going to be on something straight up and down This is where they like to live.
1: Another great question kind of related to that um, came through asking about how to find wintering holes for smallmouth um, during the wintertime in them bodies of water. A lot of times I'm looking for flats nearby like a hard break to shallow water. These fish yeah. want to be close to shallow water where they can easily move up and feed if they have to. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times they're sitting on that deep flat where those bait fish can kind of come off the shallows and they can come up and eat it if they have to. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking for those deep flats nearby shallow water. You and know, I- it's like, con- like um, channel swing banks that comes up next to a flat. Or it's like a flat with like a hard turn with a shallow or a deep water flat with a hard turn nearby a shallow flat.
0: Yeah. You know, one thing I've learned about smallmouth is they love to come up under things. They love to great white things, as I like to call it. Like I have found that a smallmouth will attack something suspended more than a largemouth will, I feel like. You know what I mean? And the reason I say that is because I got on a bite a few years ago where I was going down a bank and this bank was probably a 45 degree bank, but I'm fishing a 1.5 and I'm setting a good 25 yards off the bank, casting the bank, reeling this crankbait. I was catching large mouse when I was touching the bottom. But then if I could get off of where I was touching the bottom and break out into that open water, I would catch small mouse. And it's like those smallmouths were right off of that break, and it's like they they wanted to come up to that bait and eat it. This is very weird. I don't know if it's just an instinctual predatory thing, the way they feed or what it is, but they love to hit things from underneath it. And I've noticed that even in rivers, really shallow rivers. You'll be swimming a swim bait, and if it's on the bottom, they don't want to eat it. But if you speed it up and get it up in the column, they'll chase it down and they'll eat it. It's just something something in their brain, the way their brains are wired. So... So let's talk about a, that's a great question here. How much of your day do you spend? Actually, let's do this. I want to talk about that one, but there was another one up here. Bait storage, soft yeah, plastics. I like, I like how, too. how do you store your soft plastics, Ben?
1: Yeah, so I store mine in like a walleye, or excuse me, a Walmart, like shoebox tote. And it has these plastic latches that come over the top. It's like a $1.97 per tote. And you can fit like 20 or 30 bags of soft plastics in there, like standard nice. size bags. I use like,
0: yeah, so I I used to do the boxes. I mean, my aluminum boat is probably not the most advantageous thing because I don't have super big boxes. And so I went to the bags. And just if you got a little bit smaller boat, do the bags because I can stuff like 40 bags of plastics in there. It's a little more unorganized, but you kind of got to dig for stuff. But you can fit a lot in there, and I like the bags. So I just use like the Bass Mafia.
1: yeah, those big bass baffle bags.
0: Yeah, whatever they're, the cough, I don't know what they're called. This, yeah. The big plastic, you know, the big black, the big bags. So,
1: yeah, the nice thing about the totes is like it can take one out and put one in pretty easy and you can just rifle through.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's see. I got my rage stuff like that because the rage plastics where they got that clam shell in there, they take up more space, so the bags yeah. didn't work so well. And so like everything else is not in a clam shell. I put it in the bag, but everything is clam shell. I got it in a big plano thing. Now, let's answer the other question. Uh, I forgot what that guy's name was. He wanted to know, do we spend how much time do you spend graphing in the winter? Me, absolutely none. I go get on the bank and start cranking a crankbait.
1: <laughs> yeah, and when I'm looking for these fish on deep flats. A lot of times I'm looking um, I'm looking for bait fish more than I necessarily am bass, except for in certain situations where I know exactly what they should be sitting on, which is like a rock to sand transition or a sand flat where it transitions to mud, which you can see on your graph, and you'll literally see the white dots that are sitting on it. Yeah. So yeah. I, don't, I don't really spend a ton of time. I'm more so looking for areas that they might be, and then I fish through those areas
0: yeah so this one thing i've noticed about fishing up there with you is it's like see down here and this is a great transition into talking about like rock top and all that kind of stuff you know down here near me but like up there with you if you find a, if you find fish in an area it's like if you can go find 10 more areas that are just like that there's going to be fish there well it's no different when you're down here on these highland reservoirs but the thing we look for is transitions like that you know small rock to big rock sand to mud blah 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 but one big factor that a lot of people overlook is the top of rock and so oftentimes in the winter especially in the winter what you'll notice is those fish want to be on a darker color rock for the simple fact that that darker color rock warms up faster that's science ladies and gentlemen that darker color absorbs that heat and what you'll see, and I've done this with dad a thousand times, is you look down the lake and you can see the heat miraging off of like in that heat that heat mirage or whatever it's called, you know, that kind of look. That's where the fish are at. Go down to that point, and even though it's 30 degrees outside, you can still see that those rocks heating up. You crank that bank and you usually put some fish in the boat because those fish, just like any other cold blooded creature, have gotta they can't self-regulate their body temperature. The sun has to do that for them. And so I've talked about this in other live streams and stuff too about body regulation temperatures and all that stuff. But those fish are gonna go get on that warmer rock because it's gonna warm their bodies up faster. So look that look for that. Like, do not overlook rock and rock top and color and those kinds of things.
1: How much of that is those fish moving either out of deeper water onto those areas or they're moving like from nearby like spots into those, you know, dark bottom areas. What do you think? I think a lot of
0: times with fish, especially in the winter, um, they move more vertically instead of horizontally. And so I think at night, those fish, especially if you have a full moon, um what they'll do is usually what you'll see and this is going to kind of go back into that whole regulation of body temperature thing so you got to think about a bass a bass cannot regulate its own body temperature it's like a reptile it's got to lay in the sun the sun has got to warm it up for its body temperature to get to a point where its metabolism is going to kick in enough that it knows it's got to go eat you know what i mean And so, like, iguanas is a great example of this. They live down in Miami. When it gets too cold in Miami, they fall out of trees because it just gets too cold for them. Well, bass ain't going to fall out of the water or die or roll up or anything. What happens is it just gets almost to a state of suspended animation that they don't want to move. And it doesn't matter what you throw at them, what you drag by their face, they're not going to move until their body temperature hits a certain temperature. And it's not like they go, oh, 68.3, I'm going to go eat. But that metabolism and their natural instincts start to pump and they go, okay, now it's time to go eat. And so you go back to the original point, now that we kind of backtrack to that, that's why in the winter, oftentimes you see fish eat the last third of the day or the last fourth of the day. You know, they're gonna eat that they're gonna eat that one o'clock on because that's the warmest part of the day. That's when they get the most sun. They've had the most chance to have the most sun. They've absorbed as much of that light as they can. They've got as warm as they can. And so what you'll see, especially on a full moon, I think a lot of those fish, what they'll do is, you know, during the day, they'll set up shallow and they they transition back shallow to get warm. And then as it gets cold, especially on a full moon, they move back off and they eat throughout the afternoon into the night. And then they as the and then they'll kind of find a place to be. And then as the sun starts to come back up, they transition back up and get shallow again to sun again and to get warm to get ready for that night feeding.
1: Well, and that's why you have that early morning bite. Like I've noticed when it's cold even, you'll have a really, really, really good like first hour and a half morning bite. Then it'll shut off for like yep. half of the day. Yep. Two o'clock, three o'clock, the last two hours of fishing are really, really good again you have that long dead period when I tend to not get many bites in the middle of the day. So like early morning bite and late bite always seems to be really good. Even when it's cold, like especially when it's, especially when it's cold,
0: especially when it's cold. And I just think it's cause of those fish. They, they can't regulate their temperature. And so they're, I think that early morning bite, they're running out. Like they're, they're getting down the last of their, their energy reserves, right? You got almost like, it's like a solar battery, right? Like a solar panel, you know? And so like when the sun's out, they get all this energy and then you reuse it all night to watch your TV and all that crap bass is
1: this is a great analogy, right? And so no, yeah, I agree. I love the comments from Dirds and you talking. Cause like, that's not how I think about it at all. I'm just like, I know that there's a good morning bite. and I know there's a good afternoon, evening bite. And Derns is like, how much of this is because of a photo period. And I'm like, they bite in the morning and they bite in the evening, and you're like, yeah. well, technically they can't regulate their body heat. Yeah, well, no, and Dirge
0: is right. I mean, it, the transition is is because of a photo period, and all a photo period is technically is the, when the sun's up and how much sunlight something gets. Right? You more talk about it when you talk about plants and stuff, but it can translate to to bass. I think photo periods and sunlight drive all of nature. Period. I mean, dude, like. I have spent enough time in the woods and watch deer. I've spent enough time just sitting still and watching nature. Sunlight, length of day, all of that drives freaking nature, all of nature, period. And I think way too many people get all caught up on water temperature is absolutely enormously huge when it comes to fishing. But I think even more important than water temperature is the actual Amount of sunlight that you have, the way the days are working, you know, those kinds of things. And a great example is that of Norris. What did I say just a few minutes ago? The crappiest possible day is the day that you want to be there. Those fish live in a very, very clear lake with a lot of pressure and a lot of boat traffic and a lot of just moving around over their heads. And those days when it's crappy outside, it gives them three things they can see really, really good. There's not a lot of people out on the lake, so they're more apt to eat. And the number three, Norris. I just think means you got to be out there when it's as crappy as possible. <laughs> but I think, dude, I think that's huge. I mean, I think Nathan is is Dirds. I just called him Nathan. Durds is. Uh, I'm going to call him Nathaniel. Nathaniel Durdowski. Um, <sighs> I think he's. I think he's spot on with that. I think that the photo period, the sunlight, the amount of sunlight that the bass interact and see and do kind of, stuff. I think, dude is huge. I mean, we could go down a rabbit hole here. I have a whole spill on that one. So,
1: yeah. Hey, I want to touch on a comment that was messaged up above, talking about like, what do you key in on more, dark rock or like wood? Um, and for me, this is a really interesting topic because one of the very best tournaments I ever had was flipping docks with wood poles during the fall transition, but. Believe it or not, wood tends to hold heat longer than rock because it actually is porous. Like it actually will heat up longer. And because it's porous, hold heat a lot better than rock. Mm -hmm. Rock heats up a lot faster though. That's Mm -hmm. why like in the middle of winter, you want to key in on rock because it heats up so much faster versus that wood, which is better like for me, especially in the fall time or in the spring because it holds heat a lot longer. So, like wintertime, I'm keying on rock, I'm keying on sand, mud transitions. Springtime, fall time, I'm keying on wood. That's mm-hmm. just kind of the way that I think about it and the way that I uh, look at, at it.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. And I mean, a great example of that, you walk outside and touch your, the, if you got a brick house, you touch that brick house, the last 30 minutes of the day, as soon as the sun goes down, it's going to be really, really warm. But then within 30 minutes, it's going to be really, really cold. But if you go put your hand on your deck, that, don't put your hand in your deck in public. You, you'll get in trouble for that. Um, if you trim your bushes around your deck and make it look bigger. But if you put your hand on like a wooden deck, then you're that's gonna hold that heat longer, feel that heat coming out of there more. And so anything that anything that you observe is observable in the lake. Just just you gotta kind of train your mind to think about things like that. You know what I mean? Use all your senses to help you. Touch, feel, taste. I mean, you can look at bass and figure it out.
1: A huge shout out to a dead chipmunk. Dude's been super chatting all night and I just want to give this dude a huge shout out, uh, $5, um, super chat and then another $10. And he asked a question about what our favorite smallmouth baits are for summertime on a lake. And I guess I'll take this one first. Um, and for me, my favorite summertime bait is a drop shot. I will drop shot till my arm falls off because it's the most effective way to get the most number of bites or a net rig, kind of depending on where those fish are out in the water column.
0: So mine, summertime, right? So I'm, I'm going to be in a river somewhere. <laughs> um, so mine's a little bit skewed and different because a lot of that river water is cooler. Um, but definitely a wacky rig, um, period, across all bodies of water, you know, is going to get bit. Um, and then some kind of flipping bait, whether it be flipping a jig. Um, I kind of like to use a swim jig so I can flip it and swim it or even just like a structure bug or something. That's going to be my two go-tos. And then obviously you can go find those fish out deep too. This is interesting to me. This is hilarious and interesting to me. Alan Howard said that there's a new ark on Bass masters on Norris in the winter fishing around docks with black plastic floats with a bladed jig. Dude, let me tell you something. That is something that's been going on for a long time. Dude's fishing around those things with a spinnerbait and then a bladed jig. And when Ott won the Classic, and kind of put that on video for everybody to see. It was just funny how many people had never realized those black plastic floats, man, they put off a lot of heat because all it is is just a big black hollow, um, piece of plastic. Right. And so that's going to heat up extremely fast. It's going to put off a lot of heat and those fish will cuddle right up next to that thing, like a warm blanket, dude. And they just sit there and they munch. I mean, that's a, that's a great example of fish that, I don't think a lot of people notice or focus on because they don't realize that they're up under those floats like that. But man, I can't tell you how many times that I've, you know, been fishing around floating docks. And if you can find those floating docks with those black plastic floats, you know, crank a crankbait down through there, spinnerbait, A-rig, anything that just gets next to that float, especially spots, man, the spots love to get on those things. And they'll just demolish stuff. But I think that's funny. I think that I, I love to see like when Bass writes articles on things that are like revolutionary and new that we've been doing forever. It's just someone finally put it on video. You know what I mean? I always it's
1: funny, dude. Says. Like Durds and I were talking, um, we figured out some sort of bite late in the year. And it's something that I guess has been going on for a long time, but Starting to catch on, and all of a sudden, FLW had an article. Bass had an article. So and so put out a YouTube video on it, and I'm like, "How does this happen?" We're like, all of a sudden, we start to figure something out, and and it's like everywhere.
0: What's the content race? And I always believe that. Like, I I used to think, man, like, them mother you know they're like they're watching they're stealing my ideas they're doing this but really it's just the content race it's like oh here's something new let's go ahead and get a piece of content out on it put it in the content bank so that you know three four months from now we can get a hundred thousand hits on this thing you know what i mean i I mean i've done that with different things before just to put it in my content bank to get that it's a content race to get it out there it's interesting interesting very very interesting um I don't know how to say that first part. Uh, something Kim, thanks for the two dollars, my man, my man. Gregory Whitaker, what's up, dude? Glad that you're glad that you're here. Glad that you're here. So give us a, give us a few more questions here, and then I'm probably gonna hop off this mug because I'm actually gonna get up in the morning and smoke my very first brisket ever.
1: I didn't know where that was going. I was like,
0: "Smoke something." I'll show you smoking. I'm gonna smoke me some meat.
1: You you have your brisket started to be prepared. Yeah, I've already.
0: So I've I've already trimmed it. Um, I've trimmed it. Got everything trimmed. Got the extra fat off of it. Um, Mixed me up a little bit of a rub. Got it all rubbed down and got it in the refrigerator. Um, I'm gonna set an alarm for in the morning. Get up about seven. Have her on the smoker by seven thirty and I'm gonna smoke me a brisket all day so
1: that's so much fun dude like yeah that's cool
0: yeah I'm excited about it I'm dude, uh
1: you sound like such old people but that's like a really exciting thing to do well dude I tell you for even when I was
0: like younger like i i I found a passion for like cooking when I was like thirteen you know twelve thirteen I love I've always loved to cook. And I, I love to, like, know what I've done, right? And so, like, I love to go kill a deer, process that deer myself, know what each individual piece of meat is, and then be able to take that meat and and use it as food, right? And so I just find a lot of passion and, like, just freaking pure enjoyment and, and awesomeness out of taking something and making something and not going and buying it, you know what I mean? So, um, answer the question: Yes, I'll bring it up to room temperature. Don't worry, I will do that. I got to set my alarm to get it out, um, let it sit out for two or three hours. I'm using an electric smoker, it's a pellet smoker. Just got it. Mom and dad got it for me for Christmas, actually. It's a Z grill, it's from Australia. I pulled up a video, and he's like, Today, today, we're gonna be talking about the Z grill, and I was like, Huh. Alright, so people want to do trivia. I guess we can end tonight with trivia and whoever wins we can give them a monster bass box. Ben, what do you think, buddy? And do I'm some down. trivia?
1: Yeah, let's do some trivia.
0: Alright, so here's how this trivia set is going to work. Bethany, get back here. I need some help. I gotta get my trivia girl back here. Hopefully, she's still listening. We'll get Trivia Girl back here, and then we'll get going. So, for you guys that have never done trivia on my channel before, this is only the second week we've done it. So, hi. Welcome back to another Trivia. Oh, I've never done trivia on this
1: channel. Ben's
0: yeah. <laughs> like, hold on a second. Trivia? What the hell? Trivia? All right. We're doing trivia, all right? Look, Bethany's excited, too. All right. Go sit down back there. We're going to do some trivia. I have to sit in the second row? Yeah, you got to sit in the second row. Sorry. Okay. So, she's going to be my trivia girl and write my names down. So, how trivia works Damn. on my channel is that I will ask 5 questions. Whoever answers or okay. I'll ask ask 5 questions. If you answer a question correctly, you'll be added to the list of the 5 finalists who will then answer a final question. Whoever answers that final question correctly, the quickest will win a monster bass box. All right. Now these questions will vary all over the place. They may be about fishing, they may be personal, they may be about Ben, all kinds of stuff like that. And so you got to throw in some fruit snacks in that box. Oh yeah. I'll throw some black forest in there if I can, I'll have to do it. So five questions. These questions are usually off the top of my head and whoever answers it first correctly will be added to the final five. And then from that final five, we will pick a winner of a monster bass box. Now answering it correctly first is what comes up on my screen. So if it looks different on your screen, I'm sorry. I'm going off what I got on my screen. So do not turn into a crybaby and get all pissy when it doesn't show up on my screen first. So does everybody understand the rules, regulations of what's up and how we're going to do this? Okay, good. Ben, are you ready?
1: I am ready, dude. All right.
0: All right. So you need to be thinking of the third question because you're going to come up with the third question. Okay. Okay.
1: okay. I got to see your questions are first.
0: All right. Question number one. Question number one, whoever answers this correctly the quickest will be added to the final list. Question number one, which leg did I break, my left or my right? Which leg did I break, my left or my right? Uh, All right, here we go. we got to wait for the answers. Whoever answers it first, this one's going to go pretty quick. This is an easy one. Holy crap. Those came in really, really quick. All right, i got to scroll all the way to the top here um zach f my dude zach f got that one he is the winner of that question zach f so add that to the list my friend so zach f is our first question answer correctly -er. and so zach you're added to the list nathan said third leg my man that's amazing so zach you're on the you're on the list my dude um, so you don't answer any more questions because you've already answered a question. That way, it just keeps it completely unjumbled and unmessed up. So, are we ready for question number two? Ben, you ready for question number
1: two? I'm ready. I'm excited, dude. I love it. Just flies. Oh yeah. It and it's like so. It's just like.
0: Um. All right. Question number two. I gotta think of something. Gotta think of something. Something I'm not done. Okay. I got one here. So I got a lot of kayaks. I got three kayaks, used to have four. But what is my tournament kayak rig with pedals? What is the kayak? What, what is the specific kayak? What is my kayak tournament rig, the one that I use with pedals? Waiting for the answers. This one's may not go as fast. Mm. 10 horse Monty was right. It's a 50-50 shot. <laughs> okay. So I need I need the exact model of the kayak, not just the name. All right, Jason Ryan. My dude, Jason Ryan got this one. It is a old town predator. That is correct.
1: Dude, An old town predator. I would have gotten that one wrong.
0: Yeah. Old town predator. Old town predator.
1: I'd have gotten that one wrong.
0: It's all right. It's all right. It's, it doesn't mean you, I know you're not my real friend. It's fine. It's not fine. So Jason Ryan, add him to the list. All right, babe? Got him. All right. I wonder oh, if that one guy's going to be in here. Buddy? What was that guy's name? He oh, was. He Jim that. Jim Warden. Was he in here?
1: Don't don't start. Was he in here? Yeah,
0: he was. No, he wasn't. What he say? Don't start. We don't. We don't need to go what into. What kind of stupid it? shit did he say? Nothing really. Oh, just, boy, we're gonna, oh boy, we going to catch his hands if he ain't careful. Oh. All right. So good job, Jason, on question number two. So don't answer any more questions because you've already answered a question. You've already been added to the top five. Ben, I need a third question from you, my fan.
1: Um,
0: man, how how hard should I make this? this as hard as you want to. We're on the third question. Four and five are dang near impossible. So third's got to kind of be that in-between.
1: Oh, this is going to be tough. Okay, I get one drop shot bait. What is my favorite drop shot bait and drop shot color? Give it to me.
0: Oh, God, I don't even know this one. I do, but I don't know what the name
1: of the dang thing is. I, you can see it in your mind, but you don't know the name of it.
0: Yeah, I don't. I can see the bait. Like, I know the bait.
1: It's a smallmouth-specific drop shot bait. There's literally no answers there's coming. There's there's nobody there's nobody no knows it. It. You'll only know it if you've been on my channel for a long time. Because I I haven't mentioned it in like...
0: I said made up middle of the road. I didn't say.
1: This is a hard one.
0: Okay, there's a bunch coming in. There's a bunch
1: and it's not correct. Okay, keep trying, guys. (laughs) Keep trying. I know Nathan's funny because Nathan is close, but... It's not an American... Oh, Nathan got it. Dird's <laughs> got it. Yeah, the Twitch in Spanky color. The Twitch in Spanky color. I caught the some giants on that thing. My second favorite would be the Berkeley flatworm in Mango Magic, but that Spanky Twitch is the deal, dude. That thing. Spanky, is spanky
0: Twitch. Cool. I I know the bait. Like I can yeah, see the
1: it. Bathman lure Twitch. It's a little yeah. three and a half inch. Yeah.
0: Yep, so good. Oh, good job, Nathan. So, add Nathan, just put Dirds because we know who Dirds is. So, put Dirds on there. All
1: right, I'm so. sorry, guys. It's all right, it's all right.
0: So, number four. Number four. Let's see here. I gotta, I gotta make this, uh, I gotta make this semi tough, but not too tough. Number four. I need to. I need to like have some questions wrote down with answers so that I'm not sitting here trying to.
1: I got a good one. What is your favorite Bandit 200 color?
0: Okay, what is my favorite Bandit 200? Because you color? mentioned
1: it in a recent video. I did.
0: What is my favorite Bandit 200 color? What is my favorite Bandit 200 color? That's kind of tough, but it is super tough. <laughs> this this one's gonna do some searching up. If you can just describe the color to me, yeah. I'll I'll give it to you. But if you can tell me the exact color name, I'll I'll also give it to you.
1: Sorry, that one was a tough one. That's not very nice no because <clears throat> I can
0: blue. nope. nope. Chris Adams is close but it's not that exact thing You have to describe it a little bit Andrew Watson's close but it's not Just that color
1: Dude, there's, some good, there's some good Answers in here Yeah This was in his video where he did his bait organization That's the only reason this came to my mind Carrie <laughs> Watson, I have no clue
0: whatsoever <laughs> Oh God! Still not. I don't. They do. This is stupid hard. This
1: should have been number five. That's this is a mean one. Do we want to do a different number four? Give them this. Oh, has anybody got close? I'm yet? pretty sure it came through.
0: Where I'm not saying it. A yet dead chipmunk. Where's he at? Boom! That's it. A dead chipmunk got it. Soft shell crawl is what it's called. Soft shell crawl. So soft shell crawl is actually one of the colors that I'm bringing in the 1.5 from Monster Bass. That soft shell crawl, they do not make it anymore, but it is... The greatest bandit color ever to be made, ever in the history of ever. It is so freaking good. It is just such a, it's an olive back, tan sides, pink belly. And dude, it just straight gets bit. And that's the picture that you post on your Instagram. Like that yesterday. is the picture that I posted on my Instagram is that one. Good job, a dead chipmunk.
1: That's awesome work. Dude. That, was, that was a hard one. That was a hard one.
0: <laughs> good job, dude. Oh, that is, hey, that is a, that's a true fan right there, man. That's, Good job. All right, so Ben, we need number five, my friend. So, so did we- Jim, like, don't answer anymore. No, I'll come up with it. Don't answer anymore. Um, you've already entered the the top five, and so let's get the fifth contestant here, and then we will do the final question. And whoever answers that one will get a monster bass box. So, question number five. This one may be a little hard. May not be. What camera do I use to record all my, like, setting, talking down stuff and all my, like, vlog stuff in my videos? My big camera. What is my big camera? Not my GoPro. What is my big camera? So Already got some answers coming in here. So it's not that. Oh, God. Right here. Who had that one? David David Carlson. Canon 80D. That is correct canon 80d canon 80d that is what i use i use a canon 80d with a 10 to 18 canon lens on it thing is uh it's done me done me good never done me dirty i wish done me good so
1: there's our top five
0: all right so uh, of our top five everybody else don't answer
1: um if you're looking for a really hard one for this last one are you looking for here?
0: no we're done that's five five yeah no
1: but for the final for the final question Oh yeah, that one I don't know.
0: That's I gotta kinda figure that up real quick. I message,
1: I message your private chat.
0: Yeah, we used that one last week though. Oh yeah, and it, it actually went pretty quick. Like people got it. So um so question five. So if you're one of the top five, give me my top five, Bethany. Zach F. Zach F. Jason Ryan. Jason Ryan. Dirds. Dirds. Dead chipmunk. chipmunk. David Carlson. Carlson. Dead chipmunk. chipmunk. That's my top five. If you're not one of my top five and you answer this question, I will block you from my channel forever. That is a joke. Um, That is sarcasm. Everybody loved that in my last video when I said that is sarcasm. I just thought that was the funniest thing. What are you doing back there, Bobby?
1: Bexley. Bexley, Where's Bobby? (laughs) That's the question. Where is Bobby? Bobby!
0: Where's my dog? Um... Let's see here. I gotta think of something. Let me look at my Instagram. I gotta like get some inspiration here. Gotta get some insp ins, inspirations. Guys, the inspiration. Live
1: stream has been awesome. Like it been has been awesome. Twenty minutes. I really appreciate all the people joining and answer asking questions and and everything. Well, Alex is looking for inspiration. I'm gonna entertain these folks. Do it i got to give a huge shout-out. Tennessee Fishing HD. I think you were the one that was fishing with Caleb yesterday. You guys are like you guys. slammed them. Caught them. I mean, just straight put a hammer down on them.
0: The hammer. Alex, you're going to go catch a 10-pounder this year? Dude, I would love to catch a 10-pounder this year. That would be absolutely freaking amazing. I would love to do that. I'd like to do it on uh, whatever bait I have in my hand too. I'm mm-hmm. at this point in my fishing career, I just don't really even care anymore. I just want to go catch fish.
1: Dang. All right. Yeah, yeah. Have I fished wow. yet? I'm actually going ice fishing tomorrow. Um, hey, David
0: Carlson
1: needs to I Haven't again. been fishing. Five people there. I came in a little late. I'll get, I'll get them all set
0: up. Don't worry about it.
1: Okay. Uh, I I'm actually ice fishing tomorrow. I haven't been on open water because everything's been frozen. But um, yeah, hopefully soon. Ben, when would you say Smalley moving to the creeks to spawn? Typically, that's going to be, especially up here in Michigan, that's going to be in like early May. So, early May, those fish are going to start to push up the creeks and the rivers, and they're going to start getting uh, up into those shallow waters to spawn. Can you drop a link to Caleb's channel? Uh, search Basque Quest, B A S S. Oops, I'll type it. So,
0: I'm ready. I've got the question this is
1: um i'm really interested
0: this is uh well maybe i might have a question let me check one more time yes let me, i've got the question now this one may be a tough one this might be really tough but maybe somebody will get it all right so rules one more time i got a top five my top five are zach f dirds jason ryan, ryan. dead chipmunk, Dad chipmunk david carlson. and david carlson so only you five guys can answer this question. Whoever answers the question the quickest, whoever pops up on my live chat first wins a monster bass box, and Bethany will send it to you sitting right back there as soon as we get done here. All right. So the question is who was the very first company to ever quote unquote sponsor the Alex Road fishing channel?
1: Who
0: was the very I'm not sure. It was the very first person ever to reach out to me and sponsor the Alex Red Fishing Channel? It? I'm not seeing it yet. I got to see it on mine. I see it. It's man. Zach F is on it. That Derek old boy. Is right on that. <laughs> he is on it. He is right. It is Beast Coast. The good people over at Beast Coast, Mister Derek over at Beast Coast, was the first person ever to quote unquote sponsor the channel back in the day. Started out with one jig, actually two jigs, a flipping jig and a de- dragon jig. And I got on a um, video call with him sitting in Bethany's room and talked business with him. And he was the first person to ever sponsor the channel. So there you go, Zach F. Um, shoot Bethany an email, Bethany at MonsterBass.com. You need to tell her your full name and your shipping address. and. And what box that you want. And she will get that box out to you. So one more time, it's Bethany at Monsterbass.com, full name, shipping address and what box you want. And we'll get it out to you. So yeah,
1: there you go. A little it's trivia. Funny, it's kind of interesting story. Like talk to me about how you got started into the YouTube stuff. Like how'd you get started? Obviously your first sponsor is beast coast, but like talk to me about that process.
0: Mean, like like, like when mean? did
1: you get started? Right, like I met you at iCast in what twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. So I started my channel in twenty fifteen. Um, I broke a thousand subscribers sometime around the end of twenty fifteen. Um, Beast Coast was the first person to reach out to me. Derek sent me an email. And said, hey, man, I like your channel. I like what you're doing. I want to send you some jigs. I want you to be a part of this thing that I've got going on. I literally just started my business. I kind of want to grow with you, and let's grow together, and let's make some stuff happen. I said, dude, that's awesome. Um, I did an unboxing and kind of started using Beast Coast products and all that kind of stuff, and that relationship started to grow. And then Rick, Mr. Rick Patry was Lucky Tackle Box owner at that time. Now the owner of Monster Bass. He reached out to me next. Um, I'll never forget it. Sent me an email and said, I know he called me. I don't know how the hell he got my phone number. He calls me and goes, Hey man, this is the owner of Lucky Tackle Box. And I was like, whatever, hung up on him. And he's like, <laughs> calls me right back. He's like, no, really it's me. And so then I got to start to know Rick and he said, Hey man, I do this Tackle Box thing. I want to send you a box of tackle every single month at that point point i had like 1500 1600 subscribers and um just grew from there man um went to lucky enough i went to icast met you the first time that was the first year i went with 2016 rick got me into that show and that really rick and that getting into that show is really what kind of jump-started me and was the catalyst for the youtube channel as far as the business side of things growing And from there, I learned the value of what I do, the value of who I am, the value of what I've got going on on this channel, and just kind of what my place was going to be in the fishing industry, right? And, And so me and you both have seen the development of the fishing industry into what it is now. And obviously, there's some really big players. And I'm not one of those big players, I think, for the simple fact of I don't believe in what the big players believe in as far as how they like to do life. And so I've found my place in what I do and I work with the people that I work with and who I work with and what I've got going on because I've built some really lasting relationships with them. And that's where we're at now, man. It's crazy. That's it's a an long answer. Yeah, it is. I-, I never thought that it would ever be what it is today, but it is what it is. And, it's freaking amazing. I love it, dude. I love every single minute of it. Ben sent me something the other day. It's a little bit of uh encouragement um, or um, yeah, I guess encouragement would be the, the right word. <laughs> um, ben sent me a thing. that said, you only got to make $27 a day at your side hustle to make $10,000 a year. Yeah. And I think my biggest perspective on YouTube for me has always been anything that nets me more than zero. Come on, Bob. Hey, There's my babaroo. Um, Anything that nets me more than zero is worth my time. And so I think too many guys have got into this that see other guys being successful and just want to get into it to make hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then I think a lot of guys that get into it, maybe aren't willing to work as hard as they need to, but you got to realize that small incremental steps will get you to where you want to go. Delayed gratification is still gratification at the end of
1: the day. Yeah, man. And we have very unique perspectives on what we're doing. want I'm going to be really honest, um, yeah. we have very unique perspectives on what we're doing and how we're trying to grow. And mm-hmm. Man, there's so many days where I'm like, man, I could have just done this and grown, or I could have just done that. And it just has never felt right. But at yep. the same time, like I look back at where I started back in 2016, basically I had some videos in 2013 and 2014 and whatever. But like when I really got into it in 2015, 2016, like I was really, really passionate. I think I was posting like, I posted over 220 videos in my first year, like almost every other day. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at like now priorities have changed so much that now it's like, I really enjoy what I'm doing, but I'm not going to just post stupid stuff to grow. Yeah, you yeah. have taken a very different avenue, and like you've been very consistent—three videos a week for like the life <laughs> of your channel. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's just very interesting how we've grown and kind of our thoughts on all this stuff.
0: You know, and for me, like I don't even know—I—I I, I just do what I want to do. Like I—I I, I am always going to do what Alex wants to do. I am never—I am not a trend follower. I do not follow a trend for the simple fact of of to get views and to make money and to make myself more famous. And like, I've always viewed YouTube. I'll never forget a conversation that I had. And someone said, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make enough money to do this for a living. That's bullshit. That's bullshit to me. Like if I'm not happy doing it, then I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Even if it means Doing YouTube full-time and fishing full-time, if I don't enjoy the content that I'm making, me as a person, it is going to shine through like a freaking diamond in a a pile full of coal, dude. Like, you are going to tell that I'm going to be a miserable asshole. Like, you'll just tell. And, and so I'm never going to sacrifice doing what I want to do because I enjoy it. I absolutely love making fishing videos. I love going fishing and nothing is ever going. I'm never going to sacrifice anything for that enjoyment. And I'm also never going to sacrifice absolutely anything to sacrifice what I got going on right back here with my family and this between my best friend sitting right here with me, I'm never going to sacrifice any of that. And there's a lot of people out there, man, they're willing to sacrifice absolutely anything to just make sure that they got a hundred thousand subscribers or that they're making $2,000 a month or whatever. For me, I would rather do exactly what I want to do and have to work longer and still have the same result as to do it the quick gratification way and to be miserable at where i'm at and doing what i'm doing.
1: I will say that's not to say i wouldn't love doing daily vlogging just for the perspective of like when i get older coming back and being able to look at it. i just don't have the time or energy to daily vlog.
0: Well maybe one day when i'm doing this full time I'll, I'll i'll daily vlog cuz i'll enjoy doing it. But right now i can't do that. Like i just can't. i got a real job and a real life and i just can't do that but I can right now make the content that I enjoy making. And that's what I'm going to do until until Gary V said it best. You make the content that you enjoy making. Now, is that content going to change over time as your perspective and your life changes? Absolutely. It's just changing as you change.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Inspiration there guys. If you ever want to start a YouTube channel, there's one piece of advice I can give you. Don't go for the instant gratification route. Work for it. Delayed gratification is just as good. It may take a little bit longer. It may take a little bit more work, but at the end of the day, if you're happy doing what you're doing, that's I about If anyone has a
1: secret to have way more energy so I can stay up to like 2 a.m. editing like I used to. and ADHD. Like,
0: just have some like ADHD.
1: Feel and feel like I'm about 22 again, that would be delightful as well.
0: Hey, I do have to say, and then we'll end it right here because it seems that people, man, you know, when you get into real life stuff, people get real bored and they start leaving. Yeah, we're um, yeah, yeah, just, gonna just talking it. at this point hashtag real life um i do have to say being 27 with a broken foot and being 20 with a broke foot was two completely different situations i have to say dude like i know i'm not old like by any means i know there's guys that are out there a lot older than me but like dude being 20 with a broke foot and 27 with a broke foot is too it was tougher even, dude even just
1: having a real job
0: with a no kidding dude that's the suckiest part not being able what to is, drive you know, like
1: having a real job just in general
0: <laughs> yeah real jobs hey, <laughs> i love my job but kind of, gotta it's uh puts the puts a hankering high, hankering on my on my fishing time
1: that's not to say though like literally when i get up every morning and i'm driving to work i have all these insane ideas like the super motivation i'm like man I would love to make this video on this, or I would love to film this, or I would love to do that. Then...
0: Hey, I but tell you one I big try, thing.
1: I, world, though. Like, I come home, I hang out with Reese until about seven thirty, eight o'clock,
0: 9.30. And I think, too, dude, right now is just a sucky time of year because it gets dark so early that like you have no time to do anything at all. You know what I mean? Like When it's summertime and it don't get dark till 9 o'clock, you're, you're going to have a little bit more motivation. You know what I mean? I mean... Mm-hmm. I tell you one big thing is going to help me though right now, and I'm probably going to do a video on it. tomorrow. I love
1: these people in the comment section like you guys are funny talking about being old, and it's like, dude, Victor's been here since we started YouTube, yeah. and so I know yeah. he's grown a with us. It just makes me laugh.
0: Yeah. oh, dude, Colin, I'm so sorry, dude. He broke his tibia two weeks ago. Hmm. Man, I I broke my fibula. So, or fibia, fibula, 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 fibia, fibula. 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 Fibula, I broke my fibula, dude. I've been down for two and a half months. So, feel your pain, my homie. It sucks. So I know, I know, uh, I know, I know how you feel. But no, it's something cool that's going to give me a little extra motivation. I finally got power out in the beard barn, and so I want to do a video on it probably tomorrow while I'm out there chilling. But now I can actually sit out there and like make videos after dark, whereas before I was at the mercy of the sun.
1: <laughs> I love the beard barn. You need to get like a banner made. The Beard Barn, yeah. Oh my gosh, that is delightful. The Beard Barn.
0: I love the Beard Barn. It's my chill spot. I'm going to go out there tomorrow and smoke me a brisket and work on some tackle and make some videos. It's going to be
1: great. Put on some music. Dude, you should take the $24 that you made in Super Chat <laughs> and make a,
0: make a banner that says Beard Barn.
1: Oh my gosh, with, beer, with your logo on each side or like beards.
0: Yeah, I, would, um, I need to do that. That would be I, cool. Oh my gosh,
1: that.
0: Listen, one more thing, and then we'll get out of here. Someone said, if I feel that way at 27, wait till you're 34. Dude, listen, I'm in for it because I have been abusive to this big old body of mine. <laughs> All right, I mean, if you could fall off of it, hit it, run into it, tear it up, break it, roll it, snap it, tear it. I've probably done it at least once. Shooting bows, going fishing, climbing trees. Running over myself with four wheelers and everything else, dude. It's just ah, uh, it's good stuff. But well, Ben, buddy, I appreciate you coming on here with me. We've been on here for an hour and a half, so I think uh I'm gonna head on to the beds because I got to get up in the morning, put a brisket on, and get her cooking. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: I enjoyed it, my friend. Is everybody? Know,
1: a lot of times, like I really enjoy these live streams. So. I do too.
0: I like just hanging out. I think uh I think the people like it too. I know people on the podcast like it. Hey, for anybody that listens to this on podcast version, just go listen to it on podcast version. I got me a new song that I've been introing in uh, the podcast with, and well, let me tell you something, man. It's <laughs> I love it. Um dude, so yeah.
1: Sometimes when I turn on your podcast or I turn on your videos and it's like hard. Oh man, dude. I'm like, that's Alex, but dang.
0: Yeah. Dude, is that not my attitude though? I mean, that's me. Like out of a
1: shotgun. I love and, it. So it kind of anything that you wouldn't say to Alex's face on his YouTube channel, because I'll tell you what, he responded something today and I'm like,
0: Hey, uh, let me tell you something. That's one thing about Alex Rudd. I will, whatever I say to you on YouTube, I'll say it dead say to your freaking face. Yeah, he no doubt. I would say it dead <laughs> to your freaking face. That's yeah. Why it was you. a very and unique.
1: That's I love you. That's all we got to say. Yeah,
0: yeah, I love you too, man. That's why I love you, though, because your comment back to him was so gentle. My comment back to him was drinking from the skulls of your enemies. And on that note, we're going to end it right here. As always, <laughs> guys, thank you for watching. You guys are sweet. Please go hit the like button for me. It helps to push this thing up to the top and get more eyes on it after we're done. It helps the podcast to get more views. And if you want to listen to us on the podcast, you listen on the podcast. But as always, you guys are sweet. We'll see you later.